you have your Bibles, please take them out. All right, we come on, guys. We got to have more than two people that brought their Bibles to church. I'm gonna hurt my feelings. If... <laughs> Those of you who have been in participated in sports, athletics, uh, in your lifetime, you realize that one of the most important people on a coaching staff is the athletic trainer. Uh, he plays a vital role in the success of a team. He knows how to assess injuries. Uh, he also knows how to get a player ready for battle, tape those ankles, tape wrists, whatever. He knows how to get them ready, and he also has been taught how to help people get back healthy again. He, he knows a routine. He has a schedule. He knows how to take that injury and, and put them on a course to health. That's what trainers do. Coaches know that unless a player is on that course back to health, his playing days can be halted, can be stopped. And that injury can nag and nag and nag and stay with him for years. And we've been talking for the past few weeks about those things that, that can nag us and nag us and nag us. And if we don't deal with it, if we don't take care of it, and it's a word we don't talk about a lot in church, and it's the word sin. Man, if we don't take care of it, it can grind our spiritual walk with the Lord to a halt. And we can find ourselves sitting over there on the side of the course watching people go by. And the longer we sit there, the more guilty we feel, the more we get used to sitting there and we think, I'll never be able to get back up on my feet again and run like I'm supposed to be doing. And today I want to talk to us out of, out of the book of Hosea, it is in, uh, in the Old Testament, if you find uh, the big prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, keep going to the right, you'll find Daniel, and then you'll find Hosea. We spent the last two weeks looking at a verse in Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I've got the slide on the screen behind me, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And here's the part I want us to focus on. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I want to turn the corner today. We've been looking and talking about those things that get us over here on the side and we just sit on the side of the race course that we've been called to. And, and there are many people, some of you have, have uh, communicated with me. Joel, that's me, man. I'm sitting on the side. Not everyone that's communicated with me has said it's sin. Joel, some, some people have said, I'm tired. I'm just tired. Joel, I have so many things going on in my life from work to family, to taking kids to this practice and that practice, and, and, and then the things that have to be done, just, there's a list of things. And some people say, Joel, the reason I'm sitting over there is because I am worn smooth out. 
And I find myself sitting there watching people go by. This last week, our, I, I wanted to follow up our, my message from last week with our life group. And I thought, okay, I'll, I really didn't talk a whole lot about it in, a, in my message about, well, what do I do if my prayer life has grown cold? And so I thought, okay, we'll talk about that in the life group. What do you do when your prayer life is just psh, cold? What do you do when, when the Bible just blah? And so I thought, that would be a good discussion for life group. We'll follow that up. Guys, we never made it past prayer. I tried to get us to the next points because, you know, I'm, I was like, man, i got to cover all the points. And sometimes we teachers, man, we, we feel like we got to teach the lesson rather than teach people. Does that make sense? And that night, our group would not come off the issue of prayer. So, today, I, I, I'm excited. I've been listening to our worship. I've been looking at smiles and hands and people. We didn't have any songs talking about spinning around. But, hey, man, it, it, today's been sweet, and I'm excited about this word out of the book of Hosea, chapter 14. If you're not familiar with the book of Hosea, it is, it is a, a letter or it is, a, it is a book that the prophet Hosea wrote to the people of, uh, of Israel about their adulterous ways. And it is a story of Hosea himself and what God's instructions were to him. God said, Hosea, I want you to go marry this girl named Gomer. She's a prostitute. Pardon me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go marry her. Take her as your wife. He follows God's direction, and what does she do? She cheats. She is adulterous, and, and um, off she goes. God comes back and says, go, go get your wife. Can you imagine his friends? Jose, what are you doing, man? That girl's been with every guy in town. Why, why, why would you, why are you so faithful to her? Can you imagine Hosea? This is just Joel's world here. With tears in his eyes. Yeah, but she's beautiful to me. She's still beautiful to me. He goes and takes her, man. And he, he says, you're my wife. Come to me, be faithful to me. I will provide for you. I'll take care of you. And she cheats. It's a story of, of what the people of Israel were doing with God. They were forming their own idols with their hands. They were, they were cheating on God. And so chapter 14, we come to this end of the story, and, and it is God's plan. Stay with me. I'm, I hope I'm not making too much of a stretch here. Uh, it, is, it is the training room for those of us when we find ourselves sitting right over there on the side of the race course. Because the trainer is well-equipped to diagnose an injury. He knows how to get us ready for battle. And he also has a plan to restore us to health. Hosea 14 is the plan. And that's what we're looking at today. We're going to start in verses 1 through 3. But I need to remind us before we get there that uh, there's some of us in the room that have a little Rambo in us. And we think... We think in our minds that 
Joel, I can fix it, man. It's not that big of a deal. I can do it. I can get over it. I just, I, I just haven't made the time to do it. I, Joel, I know I can do it. I'll tell you this. If you could do it, you'd have already done it. Huh? Because, God, let's be honest, sitting over here on the side, we feel like junk on the inside. We know what we ought to be doing, but we feel like junk. And if we could have fixed this spiritual issue that's going on in our life, we'd have done it a long time ago. And today's the day we need to get up and go to the training room. And let, stay with me, the trainer of grace. Huh? Come on. Is that too cheesy? Rosemary, you got to shake your head like that. Come on. Hey. Hey. Let him put us on a course to health again. Deal? Another place in scripture where God speaks to his people about their unhealthiness, their spiritual unhealthy, unhealthiness, Exodus chapter 15. Listen to what he says in verses 25 and 26. It was there at Mor Morah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you'll listen carefully to the to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his degrees, decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals. And today is the day. Not putting it off any longer. Today is the day. That there's somebody in this room is get up and head down to the training room and let the God of grace, the trainer of grace, put you on a path to health. It's time, man. It's time. So if you'll stand with me, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 out of Hosea 14. And I want you to listen for, for instructions that help us with this, this plan to get back to health. <clears throat> Hosea 14. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously that we may present the fruit of our lips. Assyria will not save us, we will not ride on horses, nor will we say again, our God, for the work of our hands. For in you, the orphans, the orphan finds mercy. Lord, this morning I pray that we would be quick to listen to your words, your words of grace that our hearts would be soft and moldable this morning, not hard as rocks. Lord, I'm going to be bold enough to ask that if there's someone here today that has a heart of stone, that you would pulverize it. And that today would be the day that they're drawn back to you. Lord, for the person that's here today that's sitting on the sideline because, because of habitual sin, something they've just gotten used to, 
pray that today they would come to your training room. For the person that's worn out and weary, I pray that they would come to your training room so they can find rest for their soul. Speak now, Lord, I pray in your name. Amen. Please be seated. The God of grace that we worship and serve forgives us of our sin. When we, when we come and we ask, repent, he forgives us. And so his grace takes away guilt. It does. But we also need to be honest about this. His grace doesn't cheapen our sin. And it doesn't necessarily take the pain away either. You know, go back to the athletic arena. Person that blows out his knee, tears all of the ligaments, ACL, whatever, you, you pick it. Uh, they can put them back together. But the results of that, the, the, the hangover of that, is he may not be able to make those same moves the way he did in the past. See, God's grace removes the guilt, but it doesn't necessarily mean it takes away the pain. And it certainly doesn't cheapen our sin. You remember a few weeks, uh, it's been months now, feels like weeks. I was dealing with sciatica in my, in my hip. And I finally got to the point where I went to the doctor and, and uh, he, I said, man, I'm ready to go to a chiropractor. I'm, I'm ready to do acupuncture or anything. He said, well, go do it. That's fine. So I went to the chiropractor. And I, I bought a five-session. I paid for five sessions. And I've never hated a human being as much as I hated <laughs> that, that person for those five sessions. But I got to tell you, after session number five, I was back, man. I was, I was good. But he not only brought me through it, but while I was going through it, guys, he inflicted so, it hurt so bad, his process for restoring me to health. There are times that when God restores our health, it can get uncomfortable. Can we just be honest? The injury is still there and, and the recovery going. Some of you have been through physical therapy. It ain't, it's not fun. It ain't fun. But it is important in getting us back to a place of health. So how do we do it? In verses 1 through 3, I want us to see uh, the, the path to getting back to health. You'll see in verse 1 there, he says the word return. Not just turn, but return. Return to the Lord, he says. For your sins have brought you down. I, this issue of returning... I've taught for so long 
about the issue of repentance. And, I, and I've, I've talked about people are, one day they're headed towards sin, and then and God gets a hold of their heart and says, come back to me. And, and this is how I've taught repentance, that you turn from your sins and you turn where? Turn to God. Don't turn to something else. Don't turn just one degree off. Turn to God. And this, this little passage right here, man, the, that one word, return to the Lord your God. God just laid on my heart that, y'all, don't, don't teach them just to turn to God. Teach them to return to God. To get there. Right? There's a difference. It's kind of like that issue on our core values that, that we're mission-minded. Okay, that's great to be mission-minded, but as Eric said it a minute ago, man, we need to be more than that, and, and maybe this is the word. We need to be more than minded. We need to be mission-hearted because when your heart is impacted, he said, your feet start moving and your hands. That was awesome. And there's a difference between just turning to God and returning to God. Remember the story of the prodigal son? Remember that guy? story of the father's love for his child. And, and the son who said, Dad, give me my, my inheritance, off I go. He went and spoiled it, and he finds himself in the middle of a pigsty. And even the food that he was feeding the pigs looked appetizing to him. And then he remembered. And even the servants at home, man, they got food left over. And I'm sitting here starving to death. And so what did he do? He got up. And he just turned towards his dad's house. No, he got there. He returned home. And I want to see that. It, at least that's what God captured my heart today. In this whole issue of getting back to spiritual health, the first thing I want us to see is repentance, man. And repentance is more than just turning away from sin and turning to God. It is returning. Get there. Get to his feet. Get to the foot of the cross and return to the Lord. If you could have fixed this on your own, you would have done it a long time ago. And the first step of allowing the God of grace to touch you is to turn, return to him. Come back to him. It's not just a behavioral change and it's not just this turning that I've been speaking about. It is actually coming to him. I want to finish up that prodigal son passage because I want you to see the father. I want you to see what he does. Because, there, and Sarah, I appreciated your honesty so much this morning when you were sharing it. I'm scared to death being up here and talking. I never do that. What if people don't talk? What if people don't like me? That is so honest. And there's so many people that can relate to that. But here's something in the context of what I'm speaking on this morning that people can relate to is, Joel, I would be so embarrassed to even confess and repent. I don't even want to say it out loud to God. Because if I, if I come to the place of, of, of being honest with God, there's no way he could love me. There's people that think that. There's no way that God could love me in the con in context of my sin that I'm going through. And I got to tell you, as a lie from the pit of hell, 
because you can't do something bad enough that God's arms of grace won't reach you. It won't, or you can't. I want to read verse 20 out of Luke 15, the prodigal son story. So he returned home to his father. There's that word. He returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. That's why I'm so excited today. Hey, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Somebody today needs to be reminded, man, if you'll return... You will be greeted with open arms of love and compassion. God has a plan to restore you to health. And the first part of that is, I got to go home. I got to go home. And some of you don't need to walk home. You need to start running. Get there as quick as you can. You will be greeted with love and compassion and kindness. That's good news. All right, Joel, you're talking about repentance. Will you break that down for me? Because I'm not sure I get the whole going towards sin and returning to God. I understand your concept, but how do I really do that? Because I want to do that. I just don't know how to do that. Jot these down real quick. I'm going to move through these fast. First thing, as we talk about returning to God and getting to him, First thing you got to do is recognize your sin. There's a lot of folks that would say, Joel, I, I don't have, I don't have, I'm not sinning. I don't have a sin problem. I'm good. The, the first part of, of, of getting back to him, returning to him, is recognition of the sin in our life. Hosea chapter 14 verse 1 gives us, this exact point. He says, your iniquity have, has caused you, let me say it, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Until we see that we have stumbled because of our sin, we won't repent. We won't. I don't have time to, to completely chase this out. Maybe your life group will, but when you're headed this way and, and you God lays it on your heart to turn and come back to me, man. Come back to me. That's the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart. And you know what? You know what happens sometimes? When the Holy Spirit, boom, gets a hold of you, I got to go back to God. Some people get mad at the Holy Spirit. Some people get mad at God for bringing that to their attention. I like the way I'm going. Leave me alone. Man, don't get mad at God for, for, for calling you back to home, calling you back to him. Don't get mad at him. Thank him. Thank you for pointing this out. Because listen, I'll never know I need to go home unless the Holy Spirit of God brings it to my attention. Come back home. Come to the training room. And go see the trainer of grace. See, y'all are never going to forget that because that's the corniest thing you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> Come back home. 
you need to recognize the sin in your life. Now, here's the second, here's the second step of how we get there. Point out every and all sin. Some people will do this. God, I need to stop headed that way, and I need to go back to God. And they'll turn, God, and, and they'll pray like this. God, will you just, will you please forgive me of all my sins? And they'll, they'll leave it generic and wide open. And God, can you picture this right here? God going, which ones are you talking about? You know how I talk. Sometimes when I get angry, sometimes when I get frustrated in the car on I-70. I mean, you, you know, yeah, I'm talking about that. You know those times at work, I've stolen a few things at work. I, okay, yeah. No, 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 keep going. What else you got? You said, forgive me of all my sins. Is that, is that the only ones? Keep going. See, see another part of of returning and getting, off, getting home is recognizing any and all sin. Invite him into the conversation. God, I may have missed some. Will you help me be aware of any sin in my life that I need to repent of? Because I want to come home. Third part is this, is confession. That's a, that's a great churchy word which simply means to agree with. I agree, that's sin. I agree, God, that's sin too. That lust in my heart, I agree. It's confession. The next, the next way to, to get home is fleeing from that. Run from it. Don't walk away from it. Run from it. I'll just take that last example, lust. We've confessed it. I agree, God, that that sin, run from that sin. Don't hang around it and say, oh, I can defeat it. I can beat it. I can do it. Run from it. You want to get home? Run from it. You got an issue with your mouth? Get people in your life that will hold you accountable. If vulgar language is something that you're dealing with, get people in your life that will hold you accountable. I say, man, you need to clean that up. That is not the kind of language that the child of God needs to be using. Whatever it might be. Flee from that sin. The next point is this, chase after righteousness. How do we know what that is? We find it in here. Chase after it. And you'll get home. You'll get home. But the first thing that we see in our path to, to health is to return. The second thing we see in our text is, is the true use, verse 2, of the means of grace. He, he, he gives us some some means of this grace. Look at verse 2. Take words with you. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, 
take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, that we may present the fruit of our lips. <clears throat> this verse shows us, again, how to turn to the, to the God of grace. You know, his words are the most fundamental means of his grace that we have. Take it with you. How did your child learn how to speak? I, I'm looking at some young parents in the room. In fact, that's all we have in the room is young parents. <laughs> How'd your kiddos learn to speak? It's <laughs> not quite the answer I was looking for, but uh, it's the honest answer. Our kids learned how to speak by listening to me and listening to you. They listened to the words of their parents. And sometimes our kids say words out loud that we wish they didn't, <laughs> that they wouldn't say out loud. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> and you and I, we've all done it. You and I have heard other children's language and go, I wonder where they learned that. And they learned it from their parents. And, and in Hosea, he says, man, take with you words. Where are you going to learn the words to take with you? It's the most fundamental means of, of grace that we have, man. You and I can hold it in our hands every day. We can be in it every day. Learn how to speak like your heavenly father. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? And you know the rest of the verse. By keeping it according to your word. Anybody here today need to be in God's word more? Besides me. I'm asking. Anybody else? Every hand in the room ought to be up. Could anybody use reading God's word more? Active participation today. The Bible says, thou shalt not, guess what? Don't. If the Bible gives us a promise, then claim it. If the Bible tells us something about God, then praise it. Praise him. Put it on your lips. He says, man, and receive us graciously that we may present the fruit of our lips. Lord, we want to praise you as we come back to you, as we come to the training room. We want your words, the words of grace, to be on our lips, praising you. The third way, part of the plan of restoring our health, is a true rededication of faith. Look what he says in verse 3. Assyria will not save us. We, we won't ride on horses, nor will we say again, our God, to the work of our hands. Because, Listen, they had made idols. They had formed things. 
they had taken, gathered gold and silver, and they had with their hands formed some idols and said, these are our gods. And in this verse, he's going, no longer will we say that. The work of our hands, we're not going to look at it and go, our God. We're, we're, we're turning from that. For in you, the orphan finds mercy. So the final thing today that I, I want to speak to is <clears throat> this issue of rededication. Oftentimes in churches, people think that this is only for the wayward person, rededication. Every one of us in this room ought to re-enlist daily, huh? We put our feet on the ground in the morning before we get out of bed, God, I'm in. I'm in again. Today, I'm all for you, man. I'm all in today. This whole issue is a trust issue. We've, we've begun to put trust in our money. We, we've begun to put trust in our job. We've begun to put trust in, in these other things that put, bring us satisfaction. It's a trust issue. Well, look, you guys have your Bibles? Hosea chapter 2. This is back to when he, he's bringing to the attention of the, the people in this story of Hosea. Uh, verse 5, chapter 2, verse 5. For their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has acted shamefully. For she said... I will, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax and my oil and my drink. Jump down to verse 8. For she does not know that, would, that it was I, God, who gave her the grain, the new wine and the oil, and lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal, their, their idols. Go down to verse 12. I will destroy her vines. And fig trees, of which she said, These are my wages, which my lovers have given me, and I will make them a forest, and the beast of the field will devour them. See, she had begun to trust her idols in this story, her lovers, thinking they are the ones that are bringing me my happiness, they are the ones that are bringing me my wealth. And God says, I ain't gonna have it. We will not say any longer that the work of our hands are what we're worshiping. Someone might say these words, and, I, and I'm, I'm close to being done. Joel, I've not started, I haven't started worshiping other idols. My sinning has nothing to do with my trust in my God. My backsliding is about money. It's about laziness, stealing at my job or whatever. I don't even think about God when I'm doing those things. Did you hear that? I don't even think about God when I'm doing those things. And today we must return. I want you to listen to the, the words of a song. I, yesterday I was sitting at the dinner table with 
some, some of our folks that are up at Long Scraggy this weekend. And Jim Bajarski brought to my attention the song, a song written by Keith Green. You might recognize his name. And the title of the song is My Eyes Are Dry. Listen to these lyrics. My eyes are dry. My faith is old. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. And I know how I ought to be, alive to you and dead to me. But what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Please wash me anew with the wine of your blood. And today that needs, there's just somebody that needs to head down to the training room and get there. And allow God to begin restoring you back to health. ask you to bow your heads, please. I wonder if there's someone here today that <clears throat> this whole issue of rededicating, truly rededicating your life to God and his plans for your life. Rededicating your life to get back onto a path of health, being restored, refreshed, renewed. doesn't mean the pain will be taken away, but it does mean that God will place you on a path back to him, back to the purposes that he has for you. You are not insignificant. You have an important role to play. And I look around the room and I Every head is bowed and eyes are closed. I wonder if there's someone here today that would say, Joel, that's me. I, I need to rededicate. I need to renew. I need to re-enlist, whatever word you want to use there. But I need to re-commit my life to Christ and pursuing him. That's me. You nailed it. You called me out today. If that's you, can I ask you to do me a favor? Like I said, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Will you just make eye contact with me for a second? As soon as we make eye contact, you put your head right back down. Anybody else? Got it. I see. Yep, I see. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Father, you have seen these hearts that, uh, that have said, I need to get back in. I need to get up off the side of the racetrack, Lord, and I need to stand up to my feet, and I need to get to you. I'm going to take those steps that have been mentioned, and today I, I want to speak from the depths of my heart. I want to be new again in you. I recommit my life to you. I recommit my life to your ways. I'm not saying I'm perfect 
And I'm not saying I'll be perfect tomorrow, but I am saying that I'm coming to you and asking you to help restore me to health. That I can be up and back in the race that you've set out for me. Lord, I pray over those individuals that today they would feel your touch. They would experience your open arms as we read about the prodigal son. That, that your compassion and love would embrace them like they have not experienced in so, so long. I praise you, Lord, for that. And I also wonder if there's someone here today that has never experienced that embrace that God has for everyone. The Bible says that God loves the world so much that he sent his one and only son to die for them. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And you might be here today and say, Joel, I have never trusted in Jesus. I've, never, I've, I've always thought that if I were good enough, I would make it to heaven. And today I just heard that I need to trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross for me. He died for me so that I wouldn't have to die. He died for me so that I could live. I want that. I want Jesus in my life. Is that you today? Would you simply say to Jesus, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your son. I admit that I have sinned. And I admit that I need forgiveness. Will you forgive me of my sins and come live in my heart and show me what it means to be one of your children? I want to live for you. If that's you today, I'd ask you to do the same. Would you, be, would you just look up and make eye contact with me? I want to know who I'm praying for. Is there anybody today you would trust in Jesus as your Savior? Father, we're thankful for the day as we leave here new and, and renewed in you. We thank you for your word and how it teaches us how you have a plan for health for each one of us. Lord, I look forward to talking about the medicine that you have for us. I thank you for my friends and pray your blessings upon them. In Jesus' name.